Hey friends, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to personally welcome you to our podcast. At TC, we exist to see people transformed from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Good morning, TC. Let's give it up for all the new folks in the house today. Man, we welcome you. And keep your hands going for all those that are new online with us, man, from all over the world. Man, we're so excited. Shout out to some of our friends in Kentucky and overseas. I know some of them are Navy bases and, and uh, in the military watching. Man, we are so excited about today's sushi sex and subtitles. Round three. And today, man, I want to talk to you about this thing. I remember I got hired on at this new job. And, and uh, I was starting at a music store um, selling guitars and musical equipment and stuff like that. And, and I'll never forget, um, as soon as I, I wanted the job so bad. And as soon as I got in there, um, well, first of all, I called them every week for a year. Like, I was like, hey, are you hiring? And they're like, not really. I was like, well, you're going to hire me, okay? So, and so I called them, and I called them the next week. You guys hiring yet? And I, I think the manager was literally like, saw my na- name on the call ID and was like, I'm not answering it. You're like, one of y'all got to answer it. And so I would call, and I would call, and then finally they were hiring. And I was like, hey, you guys need to hire, like, let me, let me work there. I'll be great, you know? Um, you know how you try to hype yourself up in interviews, but you're really not as good as, like, you put on paper? And so I was like, man, you guys need to hire me. Like, it'll be great. And I, I couldn't wait. I wanted to work in this music store so bad. I was playing drums at the time, and I was like, man, this would be a great place to be. And so called every week, not hiring, not hiring, not hiring. Finally, they hire me, and I'm like, bro, this is it. This is going to be great. I'm going to play drums all day. A, that did not happen. B... I got in there and realized everybody else that worked there was really, really good at what they did. And I was not good at what they did, right? So I have to sell gear, but man, like that was a new world for me. And so I'm looking around and keep in mind, a lot of these guys are like at the peak of their career, not just at selling guitars, but this is like, a lot of them were like gangster, like legends in the music world that if I started naming artists, you would know that they played on their albums or participated in some of their stuff. And I was like, this is crazy. And it didn't take long for me to realize that I was very inferior to the people that were around me because they were really, really good. And I was really not right. They were at their peak and it was doing something in me because I did not like the idea that they were there and I was here. Have you ever felt like you were in seasons of your life where you felt like everybody else is there and I'm just stuck here? Have you ever felt in your relationships or in your marriage like, man, look how good everyone's doing and me and my spouse, we don't even talk to each other right now. Have you ever felt like, man, look how good everyone else is doing financially and I'm just kind of stuck. Have you ever looked at other people while they were dating and you were like, man, look how, look how they, it, it never seems hard for them to find someone that they love. It never seems hard for them to find someone that they can connect with. But for some reason, every time I get in a relationship, it falls apart. And, 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 and I don't know if, if I'm good enough. Now, I know none of you have ever dealt with that before. Turn to your neighbor and say, he might be talking to me right now. Right? Okay, very good. Help me feel better about this message. That's what I need right now. Single folks, let me talk to you for a second, because here's the reality. Until you grasp the truth that where you are doesn't define who you are, you're going to struggle with where you are forever. Matter of fact, I'll put it like this, married folks and single folks, if you don't grasp the reality that where you are isn't who you are, you'll struggle in your singleness and you'll struggle in your marriage. 
Because here's the reality. It gets hard to trust God with where he's taking you if you don't feel like you can trust God right now. And what I want to talk to you today about this idea that I don't want no scrubs. (laughs) All right. I don't want no scrubs. But what do you do when you're trying to hold everybody else to the standard of not being a scrub? When you look in the mirror, you feel like you are one. But I'm here to tell you today, that's not how God sees you. That's not how the people that care about you see you. And that's not how you should see you. And so I want to take you on a journey today to help you understand what I believe that we need to understand about our journey in life. Mark 5, there's a story, and I want to read it to you. If you, if you know your Bible, if you, maybe you've heard the story, it's about the woman with the issue of blood, right? And let's just go there. And Jesus is moving through a city, and, and we pick up in verse 24, and a large crowd followed, and, and we're going to read kind of like a chunk of this. So kind of stay with me for a second. We're going to read this whole thing, and we're gonna, then we'll talk about it. A large crowd followed, pressed around Jesus, And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. And if you you don't know this story, I don't mean to sound crude, but um, so she had been in her cycle for 12 years. All right. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and spent all the money she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I can just touch his clothes, I will be healed. How desperate do you have to be that believes, to believe that somebody's jacket can heal you? Right? So immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him and he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? What a ridiculous question. Could you imagine being at a concert and was like, hey, someone touched my clothes. I was like, brother, everyone touched your clothes. All right. You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered. And yet you asked, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be free from your suffering. And here's one statement I want to open up for you before we move too far today. I want you to grab a hold of. And that's being where you are may not be up to you, but staying there is. Being where you are may not be up to you. Listen, life circumstance might have put you where you're at. You might have an anger issue, a bitterness issue, an unforgiveness problem. You may have a porn problem. You may have some relationship dynamics that just messed you up in the past. You may deal with affirmation problems. You may have different issues that you're addicted to. But I'm here to tell you, being where you are, some of you, life handed you something, and there was nothing you could do about the what life handed you. But just because life handed it to you doesn't mean you have to keep it the way it handed it to you. Being where you are may not be up to you, but staying there, that is up to you. And we all have to make the conscious decision to say, am I going to stay here or am I going to do something different? We see the woman with the issue of blood, she had to come to that realization, am I going to stay here I've done all I can do. I've spent my money. I've talked to the doctors. I've gone as far as I can go. And for some of you, you've done the same thing. You've spent the money. You've gone to therapy. You've done everything you can do, but you've yet to give it to God yet. You've just tried to give it to everybody else. And I'm here to tell you, 
that if we'll look at the opportunity we have to let God take some things away from us, we can realize what it is he's trying to do in our life. And to do that, I want to show you three windows that we view life through. I want to show you some traps we can stay out of towards the end of that. Is that all right today? Good, because that was what I was planning on doing anyways. Three windows that we view life through. The first one is the inferior window. The inferior window. And the inferior window makes me feel like I am inadequate. I, I, I'm inferior to everyone that's around me. And the inferior window is problematic because it triggers on our insecurities. Have you ever noticed how you get around people that are doing really, really well and automatically you start to feel less than? Right? You, you, you get around people that are doing extreme, they're extremely successful and automatically your successes don't quite mean what they used to mean because you're standing next to somebody else that's got bigger successes. Right? I, I work out a little bit. That's a lie. No, I've recently like started getting back to it and like, man, it was so funny. You know, I've lost a little bit of weight. I feel like I'm doing really, really good. And then I hang out with my man Jacob or D. And I'm like, you know what? I quit. <laughs> you want to know why? Why is it that we can feel really good about how God is moving in our life, how we're moving in our life, how things are progressing in our life, until we start looking at someone that's been doing it longer, giving it more, and then we feel like it's not enough just because we don't measure up to somebody else. And that's hard because it triggers our insecurities. It comes against the things, man. And, and so what does it tell us? It tells us that we're not good enough. It tells us you're not good enough. Look at so-and-so. You're not good enough. But the reality is, what does so-and-so have to do with what you've put into what you have? And so we battle with these insecurities, and then this is what happens. Are you ready? Maybe you can relate to this. We, we re- resolve to overcompensation. Have you ever overcompensated in one area of your life because you didn't feel good enough in the other area of your life? And so what do we do? We give ourselves to something that's easier for us rather than facing the hard parts of our life. And we overcompensate in the areas that we're gifted rather than working hard in the areas that we're not. And so maybe this can connect with you, maybe it can't. My relationships keep falling apart, so I'm going to give myself to my career. My, my marriage isn't going the way that I want, so I'm going to invest more heavily in my hobbies. Because... Now I feel good about something, and I don't have to look at the thing I don't feel good about. Now, again, I know none of you deal with this. I'm just trying to help you in case you get there one day. Right? But, but here's the deal, and I want to help you out with this. Insecurities will make you cautious of everyone and hate yourself the most. Insecurities will make you cautious of everyone, and you'll hate yourself the most. That's right. Romans 12, 2 says this, and I think it's really important. It's talking about a sinful kind of lifestyle, but I think it works in this context too. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but this is the part I want you to see, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That means you got to change the way you think about how God sees you and how you see you. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And I can see it now. Like, can't you see it? This woman with the issue of blood, she's, she's in her own room, and, and, and all of a sudden she hears Jesus is coming through. And she, but she's looking around at everybody else and like, 
She's looking at everybody, and, and surely she had friends, right? And so she's seeing, like, like her girl Trish over here is, is killing the game. She just got married. Things are so good for her. Jessica just had some kids. And so she's looking at Jessica, and she's like, man, I, I just wish I could be like Jessica. Or I wish I could be like Trish. Or, or she looks over here, and Sarah's over here killing it. Like, oh, man, I wish I could be like Sarah. Like she, her family's doing well. She's got kids. She just got married. And, and what is wrong with me? Because I'm just broken. And have you ever looked at the mirror and thought that because of the things that you have to carry around, you're broken? Have you ever looked in the mirror and thought to yourself, like, why why do I have to be the ones that has to deal with all of this when everybody else is doing so well? The problem is you don't see what everyone else talks about in their mirror. And so here we are struggling with this idea that everyone else is good and I'm jacked up. I'm not enough, and so we deal with this inferiority. But then, not only do we feel with, deal with this idea of being inferior, we also deal with this idea of being inadequate. The second window is being inadequate. And you may say, Brad, I think those are the same. I'm actually here to tell you that they're a little different. Because being inferior means compared to other people, I don't feel good enough. But being inadequate means compared to my own personal standards, I'm not enough. Inferiority is compared to someone else. Being inadequate is you not liking you. Now, it's not that I'm not good enough compared to them. I'm just not enough. And how many guys know it starts with feeling inferior and it becomes feeling inadequate? And so what do we do? We, we start to feel inadequate. And, and the thing about inadequate is it doesn't deal with our insecurities. It deals with our identity. Now I, as a person, I don't feel like I'm enough. I, as a person, I don't feel like I'll ever be enough. I, as a person, have to start doing more so that I can be what, quite frankly, deep down in my soul, I know I never will be. And here's a question I have for you. What links would you go to to convince your own self you are something that you keep telling yourself you're not? What things around you, what relationships might you destroy trying to be something that you've already told yourself you'll never be? How bad would you wreck friendships and relationships and even your marriage trying to be something that you've convinced yourself you can't be? And that's what we deal with when we're dealing with inadequacy because we're trying to overcome that I'm not enough. And so often we can feel inadequate as if we're, we're not enough. We don't offer enough. Our value is not high enough. We've done too much. I've gone too far. And, and, and here, here's something I want you guys to grab a hold of because some of you believe that because you're not who God is making you yet, your value is somehow less than. My dream car is a 1967 Shelby GT500. Not a Lamborghini or a Ferrari, right? I want a car without a computer. That's what I want. The car from Gone in 60 Seconds, I would give a lot for that car. And so that's my dream car. My buddy, his uncle gave him, car's worth, I don't know, it's like $200,000. Yeah, so I'm not ever going to have one. So, because my wife pretends that even if we hit the lottery and we won $10 million, she would put it all in one account and then just move like $200 at a time over into our checking account. And be like, stop spending money. We have none. I'm like, 
Uh, we actually do have some money over here, and I'm going to go buy this car. But this account, no, I'm just kidding. All right, so, and, uh, but I, I, I love this car, and my buddy, his uncle, gave him one when he died. And so naturally, what do you think I did? Became really good friends with him. So I was like, I'm just kidding. We are already good friends. We are better friends now, but we are already good friends. So I, I, I was like, oh, my gosh. But here's the deal. It wasn't ready to drive. The car's 50 years old. And he got into a situation, and he ended up having to sell the car. Unfortunately, I was not in a position to buy it because I wasn't going to mortgage my house. So, um, but here's the deal. Car in working condition is worth like $200,000. It was not in working condition. He still sold it for about $160,000. You want to know why? Because the value of the car is not, con- is not hinged on the condition of the car. The value of the car is hinged on what the car is. Some of you need to grab a hold of this. Your value is not hinged or dictated by your current condition. Your value is dictated by what God says you're worth. And so often we buy into this lie that we're worth less because of our current condition. Man, right now things are just jacked up. Yeah, sure they are. But it doesn't mean you're going to have to stay there. Being where you are may not be up to you. But staying there is. And so what do we do? We come to this place where, where we start to say, because I'm not ready yet, I'm not worth it. And isn't that dangerous? And so what do we do? We go to Instagram. I call it the Insta scam. Because no one's honest on there. Right? Right? Like, I want you to think about this for a second. Like, aren't you so good at comparing your tragedy to their trajectory? Aren't you, like, really bad about comparing your vocation to their vacation? Like, here I am stuck at my desk and they're in Paris right now. It's like, yeah, they might be 30K in debt because of Paris right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, aren't we bad about comparing my pain to their perfection? Maybe you're online right now and, and you're really dealing with the fact that you're comparing your dirty sink to their destination wedding. Which, by the way, do those dishes. Okay, can I just help you out in Jesus' name? I just feel like the Holy Spirit. I'm just kidding. That's not the Holy Spirit. We're all just guilty. Okay, so how many of you are, ladies, maybe you're comparing your post-body post-baby body to their toned physique. Maybe you're guilty about comparing your sorrows to their success. And what I'm here to tell you is, don't buy into the lie that because you're not where God is taking you, you're somehow worth less than what God is making you. Because your value is not dictated by where you are. It's dictated by who he's making you. So, God's design doesn't require more. You're just in the process of becoming. 1 Peter 5.8 says this, Be alert and sober-minded. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And growing up in church, they always like reference that to like sex, drugs, and rap and rock and roll. You know what I mean? So it was like, hey, don't get high. The roaring lion seeking whom he may do. Like, and it's like, yeah, sure, fair enough. Like maybe it does relate to all that. But I'll tell you where it hits me the most. It's not at parties. It's in private. It's not when everyone's watching. It's when no one's watching. 
And I'm here to tell you today, you need to be very conscious of how you think and where you're at mentally and even spiritually. Because how many guys know your mental health can help drive your spiritual health and vice versa, right? So you need to understand and be careful. Are you looking at other people's Instagrams too much and judging yourself by where they are, not realizing that God's not judging you by where they are. God's judging you by where you are. And so we come to this place where we have to come to grips with the reality that maybe it's not the fact that I'm inadequate. And I can see it now, man. This woman with the issue of blood, I can see her. You know, not only is she thinking I'm broken because I'm inferior, look how well everyone else is doing. But then at the end of the day, she looks in the mirror and she has to tell herself, you're not enough. I mean, could you even think about this? For, I, want, I want some of you to go there with me. Like, I want you to think for a second. Uh, maybe at line, online you're at home and you can relate to this. Maybe someone in the room can relate to this. But I want you to think about it for a second. The, the argument she had to have with herself before she walked out the door. Like, don't go down there. You're never going to be able to get close to him. They're going to call you out as soon as you get out there. They're going to they're scream who you are. You're never going to get close. People are going to block you. You're not worth it. Just, just stay here and die. You don't deserve anything better. If, if God wanted you to have more, he'd have gave you more. If God wanted you to be better, he would have healed you already, but he hasn't. So you just need to stay here because you don't need anything else. If you needed something else, God would have gave it to you already. Anybody? So, like, I can see her now in her own room, and maybe you've been in your room. Maybe you've been in that place where you're just looking in the mirror. Maybe you've been in your own room, and, and like, you're being prompted to join a small group. You're being prompted to join the dream team. You're being prompted to say yes to God in a bigger way. Maybe you're just being prompted to say yes to a relationship with God. And part of you is going, but if I needed God or if God loved me, I wouldn't have dealt with blank because blank made me worthless. And you're going, I just don't know. And some of you are going, how does that have to do with, what does that have to do with relationships? Everything. Because if you're not enough, how could you possibly have someone else be enough for you or you be enough for them? Right? Because we deal with inferiority and inadequacy. But here's the window, number three, I want to give to you because I believe this is where we all need to accept this is where we really are. And that's in process. In process. Are we inferior? Are we inadequate or are we just in the process? Are we just dealing with where we are right now? That means I'm, I'm just being worked out. Like I'm not done yet and God's not done with me yet. And that doesn't make me broken. It doesn't make me worthless. All that means is I'm just not where I'm going to be. I haven't gotten to where God has taken me yet. I, I, and, and here's the deal. Some of us have settled into our inferiority not realizing that inferiority leads to inadequacy. And if we don't cut it off in inadequacy, we'll stay there, not realizing that those two things are really just feelings, not realizing that the process is where God makes us who we're supposed to be. And if the enemy can keep us locked into inferiority, he can keep us locked into feeling inadequate, we never become who we're supposed to be in the process. And God says, no, 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 I want to take you on a process to becoming who I've made you. That's why I believe Philippians 1, 6, we see the writer, he says, and I am certain that God who began the good work in you, say began. That means he started it already. Turn to your neighbor and say, he already started. Come on, at home, look at your cat right now. They already started. Like you all need to start kicking cats out the house. Okay, so I am, he already began the good work in you. And what does it say he'll do? Finish it tomorrow? 
will continue his work until it's finally finished. Next week? No. On the day when Christ returns. Can I help you with something today? You will be in the process of becoming until you meet Jesus face to face. So why don't you settle into the process? Why don't you settle into the journey because you're becoming who God is making you, but just because you haven't found the fulfillment of the process doesn't mean it's failing you. And so what do we do? I can see it now. The woman with the issue of blood. She deals with this idea that I'm not where everyone else is, and then she deals with this idea that I'm just not enough. But then she comes to grip with the reality that I don't care what anyone else thinks. Never mind what they're going to say when I walk out the door. Never mind what they're going to do when I walk out the door. I don't care what they think. I don't care what they're going to say. I don't care what they're going to have. I don't care how big the crowd is. I don't care what's happening, what's standing between me and what Jesus is going to do in me is my pride. So why don't I move me out of the way for a second and let God do what he wants to do in me? Why don't I step into this place where God is? And here's the thing that I want you to understand. These might be the cards that you were dealt in life, but they don't have to be the cards that you keep. This might be what you were given, but it doesn't mean that's where you have to stay. I'm here to tell you right now, I would rather, I would rather pursue my miracle in the shadow of shame than live in my shame not realizing I'm in the shadow of my miracle. And so let me face it if I have to face it. But I'm going after Jesus because I'm realizing I'm just in the process. And if I'm in a process that's different than Nate's process, different than Whitney's process, so be it. I'm in my process. And as long as my process is showing that God is moving me from step to step to step to step, then let my process be my process. I'm going to quit comparing it to everybody else's. And I'm going to start looking for how God is doing something in me to make me who he wants to make me. And if I feel inferior, that's fine. I'm going to keep looking at my process. If I feel inadequate, I'm pushing it aside so I can look at my process. Why? Because I'm going to become who God has made me to become. And when you embrace the process, that's when it becomes beautiful. And so living in the process, I want to give you three addictions that can derail your process. Can we do that real quick? I'll do it and then we'll wrap up. Three addictions that can derail your process. Let me give these to you real quick. The first one is the destination addiction. The destination addiction. We can recognize that our current state is a season and we're being processed through, not a destination that we're stuck in. Here's one thing I want to encourage all of us with. If you're single, definitely grab a hold of this. But no matter who you are, this works for you, right? You have to let go of the idea that you will someday be in the right place at the right time. You have to let go of this destination addiction, that one day I'll get there. Let me ask you this, and you can look at your neighbor and nod your head no, you don't even have to say it out loud. Can you even define where there is? How many of us are trying to get there? Raise your hand, be honest with everyone in the room. How many of us are trying to get there? Can you even define where there is? Then why are you so addicted to the destination if you can't define the destination. What if we fell in love with the journey? 
What if I fell in love with not the fact that I'm not who God made me to be just yet, but the fact that I'm becoming who God is making me to be? What if I fell in love with the journey and not the destination? What if I fell in love with the process, but not the place? What if I let go of this idea that I can't even define where it is I'm trying to be that would make me feel successful and enough and worthy? What if I let go of all of those things and just gave myself permission to be who God is making me to be? Because the journey, the Christian word for it is sanctification. You're being made like Christ. And how many guys know you're going to fail tomorrow? How many of you need grace tomorrow? Right? Raise your hand if you need grace tomorrow. Just go, let's be honest. Okay, so if you're in the room and you feel like you're the only one, look around. There's some jacked up people in here. Okay? Shame on all of I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. We're all going to need grace tomorrow because all of us are in the process of becoming, but we're not in the destination. And you don't get to the destination until, as the scripture says, we meet Jesus face to face. So here's a question I have for you. You don't have to answer this out loud. But I want you to answer it to yourself. And maybe if you are married, you and your spouse can talk about it later. But are you wishing your life away because you're not where you think you should be? Are you wishing your life away because you're not where you think you should be? Maybe you just had a baby and you're like, man, I wish they could walk already. And then they start walking. Like, man, I wish they could talk and do these things. And then they start doing like, man, I, w- I wish they were in school so I could have some time to myself, okay? Like, but then they get to school and you're like, man, I can't wait, till, can't wait till they start doing things in school. And then they start doing, you know, oh, man, like this is really stressful. I can't wait till they can drive. And then, they, I, man, I can't wait till they go to college. They go to college. And before you realize it, you wished their whole life away. Wishing you were in a different season than the one you're in. Man, I wish I was in this place in my, in my, in my school or my degree. And, and I, I wish I was able to get into these classes. And then you get into, man, I wish I was able to be, sign this contract and get into this career. And then you get into the career. And I mean, I wish I had this promotion. You get into the promotion. And I wish I was here. And, then, and, and you move all through the ladders and you realize 20 years from now, you didn't enjoy any of where you were because you're always wishing for something else. But God wants to use you and shape you right now where you're at. And so we have to understand what God is doing. The second one quickly is the progress addiction. Say progress. The progress addiction. Understanding that I'm in the process. And I'm just in the process of becoming, establishing, growing, moving. But here's the thing about the progress addiction, right? Is how many guys know we go through seasons where we're not moving as fast as we were in other seasons? Anybody been there before? Right? You, like, you think life was going, and you're like, here we go, man. Let's get it. We're making the money. We're doing the stuff. We're partying. Man, we're well, partying differently than maybe some of us party different. That's different. But anyway, so, man, we're, we're traveling. We're going on vacation. The kids are doing well. They're getting good grades in school. They haven't lost their mind in three weeks. No one's bled in a month. This is great. And you feel like things are moving at a great rate, and then all of a sudden, you feel like you're in quicksand. You feel like you're drowning and you can't breathe. And we fell in love with progress, not realizing that progress doesn't mean the process. And we've gotten addicted to progress. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Anybody been there? I'm, I'm a progress person. I don't want to sit still very long. As some of you have already figured out. I'm like, we're going to build $30 million developments and we're going to expand this building and we're going to reach people for Jesus and in Jesus' name. And God's like, how about this season you guys just hang out a little bit? And I'm like, don't care for that at all. 
God's like, you're going to need some insurance money, and uh, I'm going to let that go to court. So this is going to take about a year and a half. And I'm like, <laughs> talking to Pastor Justin, like, hey, brother, see who you can call to get some money. Okay, we need to, we need to get going, like right now. Why? Sometimes I love the idea of getting where I'm going rather than becoming who God is making me to be. And it's not always about progress. Matter of fact, a question I gave to you in your notes, are you letting your lack of progress stop you in the process? Because you're not moving as fast as you want to be moving doesn't mean you're not becoming who God is making you to become. And my last one, I'll give it to you quickly. Is the affirmation addiction. The affirmation addiction. In the affirmation addiction, you start looking for the other person to give you what you think you need to overcome your feelings of inadequacy and inferiority. So you need to be assured, affirmed, complimented, nurtured. You need extra attention. You need to be worshipped. Because how many guys know the, what we really want is to feel like we're cared for, feel like we're worthy, feel like we're good enough, right? And so we, we need all of this extra attention. We need to be affirmed. And, and, and here's the problem. This is why I was kind of talking to single people for a second. Let me help you out for a second. You will never have someone come into your life to be what someone else broke. Right? Matter of fact, I put it in your notes like this. Are you looking for people to fix what they weren't responsible for breaking? Are you looking for people to fix what they weren't responsible for breaking? Listen, I know maybe, maybe your, your dad didn't love you well, and I'm certainly not brushing over that. I know that can create significant trauma for people. What I'm telling you is if you're looking for a husband to fix that, you are going to damage him and you. Because it's not his responsibility to fix what he didn't break. If you are dealing with, if you're in this process of trying to find people that are going to affirm you, let me tell you, affirmation can truly only come from one source. That's a father. And in the process, we need it to come from a spiritual father. So if you're Single, just now learning how to transition through the inadequate and inferior phase. Listen, let me help you out with something. Look at me. If you're dealing with the inferior and inadequate phase, don't date someone. I'm, I'm so serious right now. Single people, I'm talking to you. If you are navigating the inferior and inadequate phase right now, don't date anybody. You're going to jack them up. You're going to demand that they give you what they can't give you because they didn't break you. And here's the reality, if we're honest. Let me, can we just hang for just a second, then I'll let you go? If they didn't break you, the person that did break you can't fix it either because how many guys have ever had someone actually apologize for something and you realize they didn't do in you what you thought it was going to do in you? You ever had someone come along that really hurt you and they're like, hey, listen, I'm really sorry, but you realize you accepted their apology and you felt better, but it didn't fix you. Because you need someone that can actually do surgery on the inside of your spirit, not just in your body. You don't just need someone to help get into your mind. You need someone to get into your spirit. And I'm here to tell you that you can't have somebody fix you that didn't break you. But here's the reality. Even the person that did break you can't truly fix you because what you need is an internal healing as much as you need a mental or external healing. What you need is something to come inside of you and say, hey, listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. You're enough. I know they broke you, but you're enough. 
I know you don't feel adequate. I know that you feel like you're broken. I know that you feel like your value isn't there, but listen to me, you're enough. And you're enough that Jesus went to the cross for you. You're enough that he died for you. You're enough that he paid for you. And I know that you deal with some problems. I know that you're struggling. I know that inside you feel like no one could possibly love you because of this or because of that or because of this hurt, because of this brokenness, because of this thing that you keep hiding and not telling anyone about. But I'm here to tell you, Jesus is looking at you going, I'm enough. You're enough. And I know that you feel this way. You're enough. And you'll never perform well enough. You'll never heal your own person enough. You'll never look well enough, pretty enough. You'll never be successful enough. You'll never get the right degree. You'll never get the right career. And you'll never make enough money to fix what messed you up. But if we'll come to Jesus and Jesus is looking at you going, you're enough. And this woman with the issue of blood, she's coming to Jesus and she's saying, I've got nothing left. I've tried everything my way. Can anybody relate? I've tried everything my way and none of it worked. And Jesus goes, perfect. Because it's the people that have already tried it their way and realized it won't work that I can do the most in because they've got nothing left. And Jesus is looking at some of us and he's going, you've got nothing left? Perfect. You've tried it all? Great. You've went as far as you can go on your own? Awesome. And you're sitting there like, try again, Jesus. I'm dying out here. And he's like, oh, that's good. Because I need you to lay your life down so that you can pick the one that I have for you. And what a realization that we get when we look at this woman with the issue of blood and we go, oh my gosh. The problem wasn't that she had a problem. The problem was she could have stayed in her room. Inferior, inadequate. But she realized that where I'm at doesn't have to be where I stay. I'm just in the process. But there's someone that can get me to the end. There's someone that can make me who I'm becoming. There's someone that can carry me. And here's the deal. He's about to walk by. And I'm not going to let this moment pass me by. And here's the deal. You have the chance to come to Jesus face to face and let him transform your heart. And so here's the question that I have for you. You ready? So we wrap up. Not even a question, it's a statement. But I want you to reflect on it. If we can't give ourselves grace in our process, we'll never give it to others in theirs. And so, are you letting, are your comparisons robbing you of joy in this season? Feeling inferior and inadequate? So I'm going to tell you today that Jesus is ready to make you all that he set out to make you. You're not inferior. You're not inadequate. You're just in the process. Because Jesus is ready to make you all that he set out to make you. Let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you are leading us. We thank you that you are rescue us. We thank you that you are all that we need. And so God, we look to you 
to help us realize that it's not our inferiority or not inadequacy. It's not that we're not enough, or we're not good enough, or our value isn't high enough. The realization, God, is you are making us who we need to be. So God, I pray that we would fall in love with the process. I pray that we would fall in love with who you're making us, God, so we can realize we're becoming more like you today. We thank you, Jesus, for everything that you're doing in our life. So God, right now, I pray for those that are in this room or watching us online and they're dealing with inferior. They're feeling like they're not enough. They're dealing with the fact that where they are, they don't feel like they should be there anymore. And they're waiting for you, God, to move them to a new place. God, I pray right now you show them that just because they're in the process doesn't mean that they're broken, doesn't mean that they're not worth it. And so God, I pray right now that you help them understand they're exactly where you need them to be and that they can start moving forward to where you're taking them. So God, I pray right now that you speak life to them in Jesus' name and help them understand that you see them as valuable and that you love them. In Jesus' name, if you're here today and you need Jesus in your life, you need Jesus to speak life to you. But more importantly, you're realizing that sin separates you from God. I pray right now that God would speak life to you, but he would also show you that Jesus is the one who paid for your sins and by giving him your life, by repenting, by turning to him and giving him your life, you can be saved today. And so if that's you today, you need Jesus to forgive you of your sins. I want you to pray this simple prayer with me as we wrap up. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me my sins. Forgive me my wrongs. Make me clean. Make me pure. Make me whole. I give you my life. Make me brand new. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, TC, let's give it up for all those that prayed that today. That's the first time. Awesome, awesome, awesome.